I love that clip. That is a movie called The Way We Were and The Way We Are. And uh, I love it because it reminds me of Highlands Church. Uh, This is a group of seniors, some of them veterans, some of them not, who go down to the airport in the middle of the night sometimes. They go and they go to just be with people who are coming in from service overseas. And I just love what that is about. I love the way people take the little that they have to go and give someone a cell phone and how God multiplies that. So we welcome you to Highlands Church today. We hope you feel what God is doing in this place. We hope you stay afterwards for the carnival. It's going to be a great afternoon. It's going to be nice and cool. Um, we, uh, we also welcome those who are listening on podcast, particularly those from Pendleton, California. Those serving today are listening on podcast. Can we just give them a hand for what they're doing? Thank you very much. Amazing. So we are on our second week of our series called Table for Two. You can see our set design. And what the concept of this is that God invites us to be in time of dinner, of, of eating with him, of, of social time with him. You know, God came, Jesus came to save. He came to die. He came to come back to life again. He came to do miracles. He came to walk on water. He came to heal. He came to teach. He came to preach. And he came to eat. And uh, we're actually looking at the times that Jesus spent in social gatherings. And these are really important, by the way. And so we hope that this summer... You take some time and just do some of this small group stuff with a a table with people uh, that you will pray together and that God will speak through you and you will see the abundance of God in your life through this social gathering that God wants us to have. We want us to be not just a bigger church, but this summer we want to get closer. I also want to thank you for your emails. I got an email this last week from a person who said this, Dear Graham, I loved last week's message. I love the way you talked about the need for God to be an active force and not just a presence. I did have one problem with your message, though. You talked about how you were a sous chef and how you made apple birds in the restaurant. There is no way that you could ever have made an apple bird. They are very hard to assemble. They just, that just seemed like a white lie. Signed, JP. Well, JP, that sounds like a challenge to me. All right. So you take an apple. Can we get some apple bird music, please, right now? Good. Let's, let's roll some apple bird music. You've got to start with a head. You make four cuts on the top here. All right, perfect apple bird music. You make another cut here like so. You make another cut like so. The Lord made me for a purpose. He made me for preaching, but he also made me to cut apple birds. And when I cut them, I feel the Lord's pleasure. You cut another one on the side here like this. You cut another one on the side here like this. That's right, Jimmy. There's a lot of love in this room. Okay, we can pull back the wings like so. We can pull it back like so. We need this one here. And, of course, we need a head somewhere in here. And uh, this was a good idea. I'm not sure we'll ever do this again. Okay, there's some real music. Okay. There we go. Okay. Oh, ye of little faith. All right. Come on. Thank you. So you come to faith because of this. Watch and you will see much greater things. All right, today what I want to talk about is how God brings us health through our whole being. He doesn't just bring us health through one part of our lives, but he brings us health through our whole selves. And I don't know where you are today, but there are basically three parts to all of our lives. They're the problems that you and I have in our lives. And we might put a circle and we might write P. 
And those are the problems. And maybe you have some of those today. Maybe uh, you have a bill that you can't pay, or maybe you have a medical condition, or maybe your, your marriage is not going well. So those are the problems of our lives. And then we would put a circle right underneath that if we were to talk about the next part that God solves in our life, and that is our needs, our underlying needs. And everybody has these, and a lot of times we don't know exactly what our underlying needs are. Then finally, God takes care of our dreams and our goals. And what we're going to look at today is how every time we go to God in prayer, God meets, he answers all three of these things. So I want to show you this amazing dinner party that Jesus has. We're going to take a look at the feeding of the 5,000. We're going to see how God solved not just the people's problems, he solved their underlying needs as well as their dreams and their goals. Let's take a look at this text. It's an amazing text. We're looking at Matthew 14, 13 through 21. Now, Jesus' cousin, John, has just died. He was very close to his cousin, John. Jesus was once asked, who is John, to someone, and Jesus said, he is the greatest of all those ever born to human beings. He wept one time when his friend Lazarus died, but when John died, he must have been mortified. And so Jesus wants to spend time by himself. He goes up into the mountains. He wants to spend time by himself. And so we start in 13. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Now, we don't exactly know where Jesus went, but let's take a look at our map. Capernaum was Jesus' home base. You can see the red star there. And the two places that Jesus went to was either in the southwest, probably a half an hour canoe or boat ride, or to the southeast, just there. Now, you'll notice that land in the middle is where people are going to be walking, and that would have taken them two to three hours, bringing their sick, bringing the people who they wanted to be healed by Jesus. Let's take a look at our text. Now, hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. So they followed from that red star all the way around to those other places. They followed to the towns, from the towns. Now, when Jesus landed, he saw a large crowd. I don't know if you've ever been on vacation and you were like, planning on having some personal private time and you get there and you open your email and there are 100 emails you have to answer must have been like that for jesus he wanted to take time by himself and he gets there and there are just these thousands and thousands of people we don't know how many but probably close to 20,000 people let's take a look at 20,000 people the coliseum of course uh, down south this is about 20,000 people in the coliseum this is how many people meet jesus with their p their presenting problem and so they meet jesus there He saw the crowd. He had compassion on them. Now, Jesus is ready for some time by himself, but he has compassion on them, and he heals. They're sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Now, whenever you see the word food in the Bible, you're not just talking about food as in food. You're talking about spiritual food. Really, what they're saying is, We've taken care of their problems. Why don't you send them away for their underlying needs to be carried, cared for? We are not equipped to take care of people's underlying needs. Jesus says this to them. They don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. And God would say that to us today. You give the people around you something to eat. It's important here that Jesus has, you know, Jesus could have just fed the thousands of people by himself, but he wanted to use those around him to feed those, to provide for people's underlying need. Now, again, whenever we hear about bread in the Bible, when Jesus said, I am the bread of life, he said he took a loaf and he broke it and he gave thanks and he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. He was really talking about something, not just food. He was talking about an underlying need that all of us have. That's why you came today, isn't it? 
I mean, you came for the music, you came for the carnival, you came to see an apple bird or something. But why you really came is because your underlying needs need to be met, right? Your underlying needs to be nourished, to be spiritually fed, to feel fully loved, to feel like you have meaning in your life. And God always does that. Whenever we come to him with our presenting problem, he also helps us with our underlying need. He fed the people. When they came with just sickness, he then fed their underlying need. And then I love the way this text ends. He says, now we have only two fish, he says. We only have five loaves and we have two fish. Now, scholars have speculated for centuries, what does this mean, five loaves and two fish? Nobody really knows. Probably it adds up to seven. Seven. Seven is a whole number in the Bible. Today we're talking about healing people's whole places. Healing the whole self. There are seven days in a week, that's a whole week. There are seven days of creation, that's uh, creation. Uh, There are uh, seven cities of revelations. You're going to look at that on, on Tuesday with Israel, it doesn't really mean there's just seven churches. It means that's the whole church. There's a gene called seven for all mankind. All right, let's move on. I don't know how that relates to it, but I'm sure they're whole genes. So Jesus says, bring them here to me. And he said, and he directed the people to sit down on the grass. I've always thought that this was an important part of this text. Have you ever noticed when people are panicked, law enforcement people always have people sit down. Sit down, sir. Just sit down, please. And then he helps, they hopefully help the people. Jesus asks them to sit down. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. He has communion with them. He breaks the bread in front of them. They all ate and were satisfied. Again, the Greek word here really means, and they were made whole. It wasn't just that they were given a nice meal. You ever had a meal and you actually thought, wow, I feel complete now. I haven't had many of those meals, but we have those now and then. But Jesus is really saying they were actually made whole. And the disciples picked up the 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. Now, 20,000 people were fed on that day. They had their underlying needs met. And I believe that those 12 baskets represent their dreams, their goals, their visions for their life. It isn't just enough in our lives for us to have our problems solved and our underlying needs. But God wants to give you a vision, a goal, a dream for your life. These people carried these 12 basketfuls home. They had something to go on. They had something to to really sink their hearts into. It wasn't just a one-time event. Jesus was going to continue to to do something big in their lives. And so they went home, these 12 basketfuls. The number of those who ate were 5,000 men besides women and children. Again, 20,000-ish people came on that day. So today, on this 4th of July weekend, where you are no doubt hot and thinking about the things you've got to do, these barbecues and whatever you've got to do today, I want you to think about these three parts of your life. I want you to think about the problem part of your life. Maybe you've got problems. You've come today. Everybody has some kind of problem. And I want you to think about your underlying need in your life. And only God maybe knows what that is. Maybe you don't know what your underlying need is, but God does. And then I want you to think about your goals, your visions. And God wants to do all three of those things through the presenting of our problems. So this last week, I drove my uh, wife, Haley, or wife, Haley, good one, Graham. I think it's the heat. Uh, Drove my wife, Star, and my daughter, Haley, down to LAX Airport, where they are flying to Tennessee for the week uh, to be with their, uh, her great-great-grandma out there. And it's going to be an amazing time for them. But I must say, as I was driving down to LAX, I was not happy in the midst of this traffic and the heat. Have you seen the traffic down there lately? This Recovery Act has made traffic so much worse down there and 
Anyway, there's just all kinds of problems with traffic, and I was in a real sour mood. And it wasn't just that I had to drive down for four hours and a half hours. I would have to drive back for four and a half hours on the same day with traffic, and I just wasn't in a real happy mood that day. So Star said, well, you know, why don't we have a prayer about this? Why don't we just pray? And by the way, we do pray a lot about the small things. And I don't know why it is, but people feel bashful to pray about small things. But so we sh- she said, Graham, be with Graham. God, Freudian slip. God, be with Graham as he deals with this traffic there and on the way back. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Then she said, well, you know what, Graham? Why don't you stay in a hotel? By the way, these, these ideas always come right after you pray. She says, why are you driving back in the same day? Why don't you go down? Why don't you have a personal day to yourself down there and you can just, you know, swim all day long and then drive back the next day? Fantastic idea. God and my wife were working in harmony together. I love it when that happens. And so, you know, we got a a hotel down there and, uh, you know, I was planning on reading a novel or something by the pool. I had this idea of sitting down there. My presenting problem, my P, was that I just didn't want to deal with the traffic. I went up to my room and there was this beautiful bed and I said I was going to lie down for just five minutes on this bed. Literally three hours later, I woke up. See, God knew that my whole problem was not just this traffic thing. I was tired. My underlying need was I needed some sleep. I needed, so I slept through the afternoon and I slept through the night and I slept in and God took care of my P and my N. Now, I'm heading home with most of my being taken care of at this point the next day, and I'm traveling, but then, by the way, if you're traveling this next week on I-5, it's terrible traffic, just to give you an idea. So I decided to pull off on 43 to head over, just to go through the hills and to go up to Pastor Robles that way, the Tracy direction. Now, my vision, my goal, my dreams were not really met at this point, but as I headed off, I went through the Carrizo Plains. Now, I don't know if you've been to this amazing area that we live in or how often you've been, but I felt God was speaking in my heart as I moved away from traffic and I went up and down those hills and up and down those hills and around those bends. I saw that great vision of what God has done in this place. I saw what God could do in my life. I saw how small I am compared to how big God is. And so with one prayer, presenting God with just my one basic need, traffic, God took care of my P, my N, and my G, and, or D, however you want to look at it. And God, God does that for us as well. So as you get ready to head off into the week, wherever you're doing this week, I want you to think about these three things. I just want to quickly talk about these three things. The first thing is we've really got to give our, our problems to God. We've got to correctly identify whatever problems and give them to God. So there was this uh, pastor and this uh, went to heaven and uh, went up there and he expected he was going to have an amazing, you know, an amazing house because he was a pastor and he'd done great sermons his whole life. He felt and he'd really worshipped God and really done a good job with his life. And he went up there and he found this just old shack of a house that he'd been given up there for all of his years of service. And he wasn't one bit happy about it, but the problem was this guy right next to him, this taxi cab driver, had this incredible mansion, this huge, huge place. And it just didn't seem fair at all to him that he, he had this tiny house and this taxi cab driver had this huge house. And so he went to St. Peter. His problem was his house wasn't big enough in heaven. So he goes to Peter and says, look, this isn't fair. And Peter says, well, look, we want you to know that here in heaven, we base the size of your house on the results of your life down there. Not just what you did, but your results. The guy says, well, my results are I preached every week. 
And yeah, said Peter, and did people really listen or did they sleep through your sermons? The guy said, I guess they slept most of the time. All right. Well, this guy next to you was a taxi cab driver and people were wide awake in the back of that cab and they prayed to God their whole time as they were heading home there. So. All right. So look, you've got to give your basic exact problem to God. Your exact problem. Now, God can figure out what your problem is, but it's better for us if we can identify exactly what our problem is. And we were talking about this before worship. I don't know why, but people don't always do this. Maybe we feel like our problems are too small. Maybe we're too bashful about them. Maybe we think they're silly. Maybe uh, we, they're too personal. God is too, that's too personal for God to deal with. Or, or maybe the thing is we don't even really know what our problem is. One of the things I love, my daughter turned, uh, daughter Haley turned three this last week, and I got to say, one of the things I love about having a three-year-old is she knows exactly what her problem is all the time. And she knows exactly how to ask for help with that problem. So this last week, uh, she said, literally, she said to me, Daddy, can I have a bottle that's not too hot, not too cold, but just, just right? I'm like, where does she get this stuff? But she knew exactly what her problem was. She wanted a bottle, not too hot, not too cold, just, just right. She literally said to me the other day, she said, Daddy, could you help me by moving to that chair over there? She didn't want me sitting so close to her. She's often saying this. She's like, she often says, I'm sad. Or I'm happy. Or she asks, Daddy, are you happy? Or she says, Daddy, are you sad? Or she says, Mommy made me mad. (laughs) But she knows exactly what it is. I don't know where it is that we forget exactly what our problems are. But God wants us to present exactly what our problems are. No matter how small, one of the things I love about this text is that people brought their sick. Now, we just think about paraplegics and and people who are blind and maybe had leprosy. But look, in those days, there were no hospitals, no doctor's offices. And so people brought people with sunburns and headaches and hangnails. They brought every little malady, people who couldn't sleep at night. All those people were brought to Jesus. There's no prayer too small for us. So that's number one. Number two is this. When we give our problems to God, no matter how small, He already starts to work on our underlying need. Even when we don't know what that is. So Henry Cloud is one of my favorite pastors. He's a therapist and a pastor. He teaches at Mariner's Church down south. He's an incredible preacher and pastor and therapist. He had a couple come in to him not too long ago who were about to divorce. They were married about 15 years and they were really depressed and they had They were not talking to each other. There was no intimacy in the relationship, and they were pretty much done. So Henry asked to just find out what's going on with these two. And he said, well, tell me about your life to the guy. And he said, well, I have an addiction. Henry said, all right, uh, you know, expecting the usual, maybe at drugs or alcohol or porn or something. And what's your addiction? He said, I have an addiction. And he was really bashful about it. And Henry said, look, just tell me. I'm, I'm a shrink. You know, this is what I do for a living. He said, I... I'm addicted to bowling. Bowling? Huh. I haven't heard of that one before, said Henry. How often do you bowl? Oh, I don't know. Once a month? Once a month? That's an addiction to bowling? 
All right, all right, let's leave that one there. Now let's talk to you. She's like, yeah, isn't he a loser? Wasting his time once a month bowling. What a loser. Henry Sire, let's talk about you for a second. Tell me about you. Um, tell me about your life. She says, well, I don't want to tell you about my life, but I'm going to tell you about him. He is just, I know, I got it. He's a loser. Now tell me about your parents. She said, well, my parent, my dad was an alcoholic. My mom was bipolar. All right, so how was it to, like, live in that house, he says to her. Oh, it was hard. I had to control my space. I had to control the space of others. I had to pretty much do this little militant person making sure that my life was just in this complete box all the time. And the people around me, their, their life was in a box, too. Uh-huh, said Henry. Do you see kind of what might be happening with your husband? Gee, he's a loser. Yeah, yeah, I got that. How are you feeling right now? I'm feeling that he, yeah, I got, I got that. How are you feeling right now? She said, I'm feeling afraid. And she started to cry. Why are you feeling afraid? Because I'm afraid that if I don't control his space, that he'll leave me. Henry said, he will leave you if you do control his space. So I want you to come into my office this next week, and we're going to deal with your fear. And I want you to go bowling every day this next week. He's like, sweet. So the guy, they didn't know what their underlying issue was. But God knows what it is, and all of us have it. Maybe your underlying issue is your underlying need is that you need meaning, or you need some significance, or you need just to be fully loved, or maybe you need some sleep. But God knows what that thing is. And the last piece is this. He will also take care of your goals and your dreams. And he's done this for people throughout the years. These people came out to Jesus on this, uh, on this hot, hot day. And he, he healed their sick, their problems. He took care of their underlying needs, their food. And he sent them with goals and dreams. This is 4th of July weekend, and we should really be praying for our troops today who are in the Middle East at 119, 120, 125 degree heat. A couple years ago in Iraq, uh, Schwarzkopf was leading the Desert Storm War. It was obviously a, a tough war. But one of the things is there were so many troops in that war that they needed water all the time in this heat. You need a gallon of water every single day in this heat. So these troops... Uh, there were like 80,000 of them in this particular unit. They were near an airport, and they were near this place that had 100,000 gallons a day, this well that just gave them water all the time. Well, the next day, Schwarzkopf said, look, we've got to move the troops, and we're going to move to a place that doesn't have water and just pray for water. 80,000 troops. So they moved their troops up the way. There was no water, and they just started digging in the desert. And then day after day after day, they dug in the desert. It got worse and worse. They couldn't find water. They couldn't find water. They couldn't find water. So the, the uh, commander, uh, his name was Krulak, famous commander, a Christian commander. He was up every morning at 7.15 praying for water in his personal devotion time. He prayed for an entire month. Now obviously they were airdropping water in, but these troops needed the water. One day one of the assistants came over to him and says, General, you've got to see what we just found. He said, I'm praying, I'm busy right now. No, no you've got to see this. They walk around the bend, and there's this great, great stream of water shooting up out of the ground. And this assistant said, you know, you're not going to believe this, but this thing puts out 100,000 gallons a day. 
And right at the top of this great water stream, Kulak talks about having, being able to see a cross forming somehow. The, 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 the water would part at the top and it would look very much like a cross. I think about that and I think about our goals and our dreams. God will meet your presenting problem. He will figure out what your underlying need is and He will send you with something bigger. And He will do it in the same way that He's done for thousands of years. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the 4th of July. Thank you that you know exactly what our needs are today. Lord, I pray that you would keep us safe in the heat. I pray that you would send us away sometime on this day with great dreams, great goals. I thank you that you are a great God and you always take care of our whole being. And all the people said...